I went through 35 radiation treatments, six chemo treatments, and this became so alive to me. You know, and as he said, we're hopefully, you know, we're believing God, we're coming to the end of this, what's going on in the world. But I'm going to tell you, the highest form of warfare is when we walk in the spirit. I told my kids, I have the fruit of the spirit on the wall. And I said, 35 radiation treatments, we have patience. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Six chemo treatments, we have long suffering. We can outweigh this thing. The enemy, cancer, COVID, all this stuff, it doesn't have the fruit of the spirit. We do. Come on, somebody. But it was, hey, but I was thinking of, of you. And uh, there's a principle that, I've, that I live by. I live by this. And it's found in Exodus chapter 28, verse 35. And it says this, and this is all going to tie in, and I'm going to still beat your time limit. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just having fun with you. And it shall be upon Aaron to minister. I love that. And his sound shall be heard when he goes in unto the holy place before the Lord. And when he comes out, that he dies not. You know, the principle is, is when the priest would go into the most holy place at the bottom of their dress, there was a golden bell. Everybody say golden bell. And there was a fruit. Everybody say fruit. It wasn't just a golden bell. It wasn't just the shiny thing. It wasn't just the gift. It wasn't just the charisma, if you will. When he went into the most holy place, it was when that golden bell came in contact with fruit that it released a sound that let the entire nation know that he was alive. And David is a man that releases a sound from the most holy place. He is a man that is fully alive. You're in a very safe and beautiful atmosphere here. A man that lives, you know, charisma, gifts to do things, business, all of that. You, that'll get you a platform, but it's character and integrity and honor that keeps it. So we celebrate you today. And that's how we have to be. You know, hey, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10 says this, but you are a chosen generation. Just look at your neighbor and say, I'm chosen. Okay, he chose me. Mm-hmm. Before the foundations of the world, Jesus was the lamb slain. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Just look at your neighbor and say, I'm a king and I'm a priest. Come on, somebody. I'm a king and I'm a priest, a holy nation, his own special people. And some of you have heard me mention this before, and I'm going somewhere really quick. But even as it said here, that as he goes in and he comes out, there's a sound that's released. You know, he even mentioned going higher, that God is calling us to a higher place. We have to be a people that live from another realm. We have to be a people that are naturally transcended. It's like when Elisha and his servants saw the enemy coming, Elisha knew that there are more that are with us than are against us. 
We have to live from a higher mentality. We can't live from just this realm. When we live from down here, we only see the attack. The, the servant was like, Master, there's horses and, the horses and chariots are coming for us. And Elisha said, God, open his eyes that he can see that there are more that are with us than that are against us. And suddenly his eyes opened to another realm. And he said, Master, horses and chariots of fire. He lived from another. He was naturally transcendent. Hey, hey, but see, hey, but see, higher realms come from revelation. Realm comes from revelation and revelation is positional. Hey, we have to position ourselves appropriately. When I was walking through cancer, uh, Mama Heidi Baker, she's our spiritual mom. She would call me every week. She'd read Psalm 91. When you're seated. Look at that. When you're seated in the shadow of Shaddai, you're covered in the strength of the God most high. Look, it's positional. See, all things have been given to you, but they don't belong to you at any given moment. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of kings to search it out. The secret things belong to the Lord, but once they're revealed, unveiled, revelation comes and your eyes open, then they belong to you in the thousand generations. But we have to position ourselves. And I want to just read the scripture to you because this, to me, sums everything up. <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 18. Ha, Jeremiah lived in a time just like we do. A lot going on, a lot of ideologies, theologies, prophecies being released. There's so many sounds going on in the world right now. And we have to be those that position ourselves that we can hear the heart of God, the emotions of God, what he's thinking, what he's feeling. Come on, somebody. We have to live from a higher realm. And Jeremiah stands up as this eagle-eyed weeping prophet, and he says, For who has stood in the counsel of the Lord and perceived and heard his word? Who has marked his word and heard it? He's saying, Who has stood in the counsel of the Lord? Who, who has actually stood there and actually heard what he has to say? And then when you actually hear what he has to say, you're marked by it, and it shifts your entire life. Then it goes on to say in Jeremiah 23, verse 22, but if they had stood in my counsel and had caused my people to hear my words, then they would have turned from their evil way. What? Wait a minute, wait a minute. But if they had stood in my counsel and had caused my people to hear my words, then they would have turned from their evil way and from their evil doing. What's the answer, my friend? What's the answer? Position yourself. Stand in the counsel of the Lord. Now, this is where it really gets good. This word counsel is the word sowed, S-O-D. It's the highest level of revelation in the Hebrew mindset. For you guys into theology, it actually means the secret within the secret. But even the word mystery in the New Testament is the word mysterian, and it means one invited into a revealed secret, as in God's always unveiling himself and inviting us into what he's doing. 
<sighs> Shakabamba. But guess what? <laughs> guess what else this word means? Intimate friendship. He's saying, who has stood in intimate friendship with the Lord? And actually heard what he had to say. And then he goes on to say, if you had stood in intimate friendship and caused my people to hear my words, then, th then they would have turned. Job 29, I'll close with this. This became my life scripture. I pastored at three different churches. The first two churches, both of them for nine to ten years apiece. And then we pastored our own Iris base, missions base in Savannah, Georgia. Like most of you, I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. But I'm responsible for me and my response and my position. So I went to the Lord and I was like, what would a church that you would have me pastor look like? Like, what, what should our ministry, like, what, what does revival look like, you know? It's not a conference. It's not a soccer stadium. It's when someone's heart comes fully alive to the Lord Jesus. That's revival. It's not defined by numbers. <laughs> and right here we have in Job 29, if, if Job were alive today, people would pay who knows how much money just to sit with him just for a few minutes. You know, and when you're studying the word, you find out the law of first mention. It means where something is first mentioned, it sets a precedent that you can read the rest of the Bible through. It gives you a, a spiritual lens, yeah? And so here, Job is the first written book of the Bible. It's not first in chronological order, but it's the first. And here's what he had to say. Job continues his discourse, and I'm going to read fast. How I long for the months gone by, for the days when God watched over me, when his lamp shone upon my head, and by his light I walked through darkness. Oh, for the days when I was in my prime, and here's that word, sowed counsel, when God's intimate friendship blessed my house. When the Almighty was still with me and my children were around me, when my path whoosh, was drenched with cream and the rock poured out rivers of oil. Deus. He's saying, sorry, my God, that's Portuguese. When God's intimate friendship blessed my house. So here's his position. Here's his posture. Yeah. Here's his poise of life. And now we're going to see the testimony of a life lived in intimate friendship. He goes on to say, when I went to the gate of the city and took my seat in the public square, for those of you who don't know, in culture, we find out that the gate of the city is where they would make legislative decisions. It's where the influencers would gather, right? So when he went to the gate of the city and took his seat in the public square, it says, the young men saw me and stepped aside. Ha. And the old men rose to their feet. The chief men refrained from speaking and covered their mouths with their hands. The voices of the nobles were hushed and their tongues stuck to the roof of their mouth. And you may say, what does that mean? That means he actually, when he walked in intimate friendship, he had a position of government and influence over influencers. I've seen this in Mozambique with Heidi. Mama Heidi, you know, she goes to... 
Africa with, when it was war-torn and the poorest nation of the earth. She showed up with a piece of bread, feeding children at a tree, and now she feeds 50,000 children a day. Governors, presidents of nations, wait to talk to her. Why? What, what's the secret? Man, she lays on the floor. Yes! She just, she's an intimate friend of Jesus. She doesn't just know about him. She actually knows him. That's why we have to stand in the council. That's why we have to position ourselves. But let's, let's move on. Verse 11. Whoever heard me spoke well of me. Hey, and those who saw me commended me. And here it is. Because I rescued the poor who cried for help. The fatherless who had none to assist him. The one who was dying blessed me. I made the widow's heart sing. I put on righteousness as my clothing. Justice was my robe and my turban. I was eyes to the blind, feet to the lame, father to the needy. Took up the case of the stranger. I broke the fangs of the wicked and snatched them from their teeth. Man, that sounds like a move of God to me. Hey, hey, eyes to the blind, feet to the lame, father to the orphan. Husband to the widow, rescued the strangers. We have, and, and I do them, and I'm a part of them. I'm, I'm sincerely not making fun, but we have all these conferences, secret to revival, secret to a move of God. <laughs> What's the secret? It's an infinite love affair with Jesus. And we posture ourselves in intimate friendship with the lover of our soul. Spend time with him. Come on, somebody. That's the secret to revival. Jesus is the secret. He's the point. 